Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today is the Sunday, the 11th after Trinity, and we always have on this day the parable of the Pharisee and the publican, or the Pharisee and the tax collector. And in this parable, Jesus takes two of the most extreme different men in the eyes of the Hebrew people. You couldn't draw two more extremes the way that the Hebrew people would have perceived these two gentlemen. For the Pharisee was supposed to be a blessed spiritual shepherd of the Hebrew people. One who would know God and communicate God and lead people in all of his ways in the following of the law. And on the other extreme you have the tax collector. The tax collector by the Hebrew people at this time was seen as a less than human person because of his behaviors. And what behaviors? His job, he was a Hebrew himself who would go and collect taxes from the Hebrew people except for one thing. They were not just collecting the taxes that were due. They were over collecting taxes and lining their pockets. These were Hebrew people stealing from the Hebrew people. And so they were disdained greatly in the eyes of the Hebrews. And Jesus uses these two in this parable to show the full extent of what God will do on behalf of the humble and repentant sinner. And so in the parable, both of these men come to the right place. They come to the temple to present themselves before God. But they do it with uniquely different condition of hearts and the way in which they present themselves. The Pharisee, he goes right into the middle of the people, right into the midst of all the people. Why? So that he would be seen by all, heard by all. He wanted to be recognized for his prayer. And what was his prayer? He goes into the midst of the people and he says, I thank God that I'm not like these sinners. I thank you, O Lord, that I'm not like these before me. You see, Lord, I have fulfilled your law. I tithe twice a week. I fast. I am doing all that you commanded. And I tell you that this man's prayer was an arrogant boast. This man's prayer was nothing but self-glorification. And in fact, what it demonstrates to us is the heart that any of us can fall into at any time. When we fall into the deceit of Satan, thinking that any righteousness that comes from us is in and of from ourselves. That we have done something great and mighty and wonderful and pure and righteous. The Pharisee was very different. We're told the Pharisee doesn't go into the midst of the people. It says that he stood afar off from them. He fell on his face before God. His eyes would not even look up into heaven. And he had only one thing to say to his God. And it was a plea. God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Two distinctly different men that come with two distinctly different hearts. Which one went home justified? Our Lord answers that question. 
he says the tax collector went home that day justified. But it's very important that we understand what he's saying. When Jesus said that the tax collector went home justified, that word justified is one of the most beautiful words that we should all long to hear our Lord proclaim over us. Because this word has a twofold meaning that comes together for the healing of the human person. Justified means this on the one hand, it means that the tax collector went home completely freed of a burdened and guilty conscience. All the wrong that he had did, all the thievery of God's people that he did, that had built up in him. That day he went home with not an ounce of shame, not an ounce of guilt, because God sent him home justified, freed, he alleviated from the weight of the burden of that conscience. That's one part of the meaning. But the second is this. Not only go home freed from the weight of a guilty conscience and shame. But he went home having been made righteous by the hand of God. Think about it. This man had done evil all his days in his occupation. Freed from a guilty conscience. Sent home having been made righteous despite all that he had done. Is this not what we're after? Is this not what all of our days the Christian soul ought to be longing for? Freedom from the weight of a guilty conscience. Made righteous not by our own doing. Made righteous by the incredible mercy and grace of a living God who so loves us and longs for His people to come in that same posture as the tax collector. Why? So that He may accept the cry for mercy and dish the mercy out, out of His loving kindness for all of us. You know, we look at this story, this parable, and we point to the tax collector and we say rightly, what an incredible, incredible example and testimony of what virtue? Humility. Humility. And we're right to say that in the actions where he comes to God, presents himself before God, throwing himself down upon his face, crying out for mercy. It's an incredible example of absolute and right spiritual humility. But I want to draw our attention and ask us, I guess, to go one step further in understanding humility. For there's only one reason the man could present himself to God in such a way. Ask yourself this question. What is it that led this man to go before God? To throw himself out, crying out for the mercy of God. To lay himself so bare before God in the temple. That he knew his only hope. His only hope for mercy of God. The hope of salvation. That's his only hope. What led him to that point? And I tell you it was this. It was humility even before him bowing down before God. It was the humility in this man that led to a reunion of fellowship and the cleansing of his mind and the renewal of his human person. My friends, we cannot. We cannot authentically cry out for mercy before God unless our heart and unless our mind have somehow been brought to a place of acknowledging our need for what we're crying out. 
we cannot present ourselves in the humility of the tax collector unless something inside of us has brought us to a place where we acknowledge the need for the cry of mercy. That, Lord, I cannot save myself from these things. There are no works that I can do. There are no spiritual disciplines in and of themselves in human power that I can do to overcome these things. To gain your forgiveness. To earn what you have to offer. And it takes humility to even come to that point. How do we present ourselves to God in such a way that He conditions our heart to even cry out for mercy over these things in our lives. The church teaches us that the Psalms teach us how to pray. The Psalms, if we will go over them, and we do in all of our prayers, in the hours of prayers, we go through the Psalter. And by the Holy Spirit, they teach us how to present ourselves before God. Listen to the humility wrought in David, the psalmist, when he wrote these words at the end of Psalm 139. He pleased with God. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there is any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Search me, O oh God. You hear what he's asking for the Lord. Lord, I am opening myself up to you for your insights. You know this creation far better than I do. And I'm living in this body with this soul. Search me. See if there are any thoughts. Try me. What are those thoughts? The thoughts in the Hebrew are this. Thoughts that disturb the peace that God intends for us. Thoughts that lead us away from God rather than to God for our contentment and fulfillment and peace. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there's any wicked way in me. I tell you that it took the same humility in the tax collector that it did the psalmist to present himself before God in prayer so honestly, so authentically, giving God the blessed permission and freedom to look deep into our soul. Why? To cause us pain? No. Sometimes what we see by His revelation hurts, disturbs us, brings us sorrow. But it's godly sorrow. And it's never sorrow to be left for sorrow. What the Lord shows us when we present ourselves in the same way as the psalmist, in the same way as the tax collector, it is out of His great loving kindness for us that He shows us and things that we need to give to Him and allow Him to heal. He shows us these things when we will let Him because He is the God who wants us to move away from Him to that place and that moment truly justified, cleansed in our conscience, made new, made what we were not before in those areas of our soul, made righteous. We are to clothe ourselves with the humility of the tax collector, the psalmist, and even our own Lord Jesus Christ, who humbled himself, we're told, even unto death for our sin. If we will allow God in humility 
to show us the ways, the vices that are in us that are destroying our soul and keeping us from the peace we actually long for. He will show these things. And we will weep the tears of repentance that wash us clean. Pray for one another. Pray for me. Let us present ourselves before God in the humility we learn about in this parable. That he might touch, heal, and cleanse. And renew our minds and our souls. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.